I want to share with you for a little while. We, I announced last week um, that um, we were going to be uh, kind of highlighting our our um, prayer emphasis today uh, regarding uh, the uh, Lord as honoring, uh, trying to have Him glorify Him in our lives the last 43 days. And so that's what I'd like to talk to you about today. Um, in John chapter 6, um, there's a um, section here. See that? You might have to pass it on for me, Kim. It doesn't seem to be working here. Um, John chapter 6, there's a section there. Uh, it's uh, a powerful time in Jesus' ministry where he, he feeds the 5,000. And there's these uh, um, quite an interchange between Jesus and those people. 5,000 men at least. There probably was closer to 10,000 people there. But he fed them all with, what, five loaves and two fish. Jesus, I mean, we could go into a lot of detail there, but they, the, the, they tried to force him to be a king. They came to him, they tried to make him king, because they said, hey, there's a potential guy that could uh, help us to rise up against Rome. Well, he, of course, knew that wasn't God's plan, so, so um, uh, he escaped into the mountains to, to, to pray. The uh, next day, they're, they're trying to find him, and the people are, because they, they want to have breakfast, you know. And he begins to explain to them more detail about what it means to be a disciple of his. The Bible says that he had many disciples. There was a great crowd of people following him, a great crowd. And Jesus lays out the terms of discipleship, that what, what they had to think about him, what they had to believe about him in order to be his disciple. Remember, a lot of these people grew up with Jesus. They, they, grew, they grew up with him. They knew him. They knew him as a kid. They, they knew his mom and dad. They knew Mary and Joseph. They knew his brothers and his sisters. And they just thought, here's Jesus, man, he's pretty cool, but, you know, he's, he's one of us. And Jesus then, he steps into, across this line where he says, basically, I am the Savior of the world. And unless you, you know, drink my blood and eat my flesh, unless you commit yourself, because Jesus knew how he was going to die on the cross, unless you commit yourself to me, that you believe in me as your Savior, and you take me to yourself, and you commit yourself to me, and you're loyal to me, you can't be my disciple. You want to be my disciple? That's what it means. And they were scratching their heads, man. They were saying, this is a hard saying. And it said, and the Bible says, many of them, at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. At a point where it's very common for us, we understand that part about Jesus, about his death, but... For them, it was like, nope, that's too much for us. And most of them deserted him. And then Jesus turned to the 12 and he asked, it's just almost kind of, it's kind of heartbreaking, isn't it? He says, are, are you going to also leave? These are the original 12 that he picked, you know. And are you uh, also going to leave? And Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. Wow. Lord, we pray today that as we try to listen to what your word, what Jesus is saying to us here, that your spirit would really convey to us what you're trying to do through us, through uh, uh, our church family here, through, through many churches in America, what you're trying to do, what you're trying to call your people to, help us to understand it. Help us to see it, but it's not too complicated. Help us to see it.
I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the older I get, the more I realize how uncertain and fragile life is. I was uh, thanking God just this week for allowing us in, in His loving kindness to allow us another Mother's Day. Isn't it wonderful? Uh, another Mother's Day to celebrate the particular ladies that uh, we really cherish and we really love. I'm just really grateful for that. The longer I live also, I'm convinced that Jesus is the only way to go. He is the only way to go. Like Peter said, Jesus alone is the only true answer to the longings of our the life in our with the longings for life that we have in our soul. You know, we, we long for life. And Peter said it so correctly, he said, You you alone have the words that uh, that give us life, that fulfill that desire of life with within us. Um, people they try all kinds of things, don't they? To bring themselves that that inner joy, that inner joy of true and satisfying and that self-fulfilling type life. They, they look and run here and there and they're trying to find one thing that will put their fractured uh, life together. Some people run to things, um, you know, trying to find that one thing that's going to bring their life together. Some, they, they run to that instant gratification thing. A lot of people do that. Uh, that instant gratification of the pleasure, you know, of alcohol or the, the pleasure of uh, uh, that false reality of, of mind-numbing drugs, you know, whether they be illegal drugs or even, you know, prescription drugs. Some people run to that instant gratification of some sort of the latest immoral sexual craze or or now the now the big thing that, you know, people are being encouraged to uh, change their genders, you know, to uh, to wear... Uh, kids, I just heard this, uh, little kids, um, I'm talking grade school children, young children, encouraged to wear animal costumes, animal paraphernalia to school, and uh, somehow change the pronouns so that we can call you what you want to be called. Silly stuff, but it's all a, it's all a rebellious attempt. It's all just this rebellious attempt to sidestep the Creator. That's what it is. It's, that's all it's boiling down to. Others run to all kinds of man-made philosophies um, that appear quite sophisticated, quite elite even, but they are deceptively, they are all deceptively lead to this frustration in the end because we were created for a loved one's true self-fulfillment by only being in union with our Creator. Amen? That's the only way. Many have misunderstood the truth about Jesus, I think, in, in, in rejection of him, have run to some sort of a false philosophy or a false doctrine that, that promises to bring their world together. Because that's all these false religions and philosophies and things even in academia that's being taught today. Um, rejecting the Bible, rejecting God's way that, you know, has, has been, uh, prominent for so long in our country. And, um, now, you know, offering new things. I, I, I had a, I have a couple dear relatives, um, that, uh, who have jumped headlong into the new age movement. I just can't believe it. Uh, they had some sort of a foundation of Christianity at one time, but man, they are headlong into the new age movement now. And if you don't know what that is, it's been with us for quite a few decades. It's uh, basically taking an East, the Eastern mystic religions of the, of the Orient, of, of the, Asia area and uh, basically trying to sometimes mix them with Christianity. Um, sometimes you um, you can hear some of that in in some of the 
and some of the doctrine of the false doctrines we're hearing in some churches today. But, but the, the New Age movement is, it's foundationally connected with the Eastern mystic philosophies that, that basically do this. They, they promote a bunch of hype about harnessing and channeling one's personal energies and life forces for success and health and happiness and happy family, happy marriages, and relying on mystic higher powers to bring order to your life. That's the truth. That is growing in prominence. I mean, there's people on Facebook and, uh, and um, YouTube teaching uh, mystic principles to people today. Yeah, here in America, here, here in 2022. And again, a, a couple of my relatives are really into this, really into this big time. It drives one to their knees, I'll tell you, to pray for them. Pray and hate to see them lost. I'm just praying that the Lord will bring their lives to a wrecking end as far as it comes to believing in these things. That they'll find out that these things are just wood, hand, stubble. They are nothing to build your life on. That your life will fall apart. That's what I'm praying. Their lives will fall apart and they'll turn to Jesus. They'll look to Jesus instead. They would actually grimace at the thought of Jesus' claim of being the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to God. But the scripture condemns any teachings that remove God as the sovereign creator and savior which uh, the New Age movement clearly does. And again, it's very prominent today in our, in our society. I want to lovingly challenge you today to, uh, well, I guess I should say challenge them, challenge anyone to put Jesus under scrutiny. And that, doesn't, uh, that doesn't cause me to be, uh, you know, fearful at all that they're going to find some weakness in Jesus. I think Jesus can stand up to any scrutiny you, 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 you put at it, you, you throw at him. Now, go ahead and truly compare the claims of Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, with the truth claims of the New Age movement, as well as any other system of belief that uh, poo-poos Jesus. He can handle it. He can handle it. Remember the false beliefs of Pharaoh? Old Testament? Book of Exodus? Moses goes before the mightiest nation on earth at that time. Pharaoh it was, I mean, the Egyptian empire. They were the mightiest nation on earth. Here, Pharaoh goes up before, I mean, M Moses goes up before Pharaoh with, with a staff. And he says, let the Israelites go. Let those slaves go. Let God's people go. Pharaoh says, ah, who, what, you know, who, who's this God of yours? And what does Moses do? You remember? He takes his staff, he throws it down. And what happens to it? Turns into a serpent or a, turns into a, to a snake. Pharaoh says, ho, ho. He gets his magicians and they throw down their staffs. What happens? They turn into snakes. But what, what's the end of the story? Moses' snake ate up the magician's snakes. The New Age movement actually has a lot to do with the crises that we're seeing today happen in our in our country, all the things that have happened the last two years during COVID. Tell you, God didn't use those 10 plagues, 10 plagues in the book of Exodus to challenge the worldviews of the mighty Egyptian empire and brought it to its knees. And the population of Egypt, they began to doubt their own beliefs about their, their false gods. And some of them even turned to God and moved out with the Israelites when they left Egypt.
I'm praying for that for my, for my relatives. <laughs> That's what I'm praying. I'm praying that God's snake will eat up their snakes. You know? That's what I'm praying. But once uh, 43 days ago, we began on March 27th, we began a prayer challenge to pray a simple prayer every day. Lord, use Mount Hope for your glory to see what the Lord would maybe do in our lives. And we began, we began this uh, sincere emphasis uh, because churches all over America have, have ceased to grow. They've ceased to reach out uh, to our culture and see people come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody challenged me with that, and they said, our, our church is growing. And I said, what kind of growth is it? Is it people being saved, or is it people moving from church to church? They said, oh, it's, well, it's people moving from one church to another. Yeah. Uh, um, churches that are growing, again, are mostly transfer growth, people moving from one church to another. Portions of our, uh, portions of our spiritual, our political, our academic leadership are leading our culture into some strange rewrites of American history in an attempt to promote this uh, racial social justice ideology, this critical race theory stuff. And a few weeks ago, we talked about this stuff extensively. As a matter of fact, I think that's, well, that's why we began this prayer emphasis. Lord, how do we as Mount Hope, Mount Hopians, how do we reach people with the gospel today in a culture that is saturated with new age philosophies, with these things of a, that well, with, with attempts to push the God of Israel, the God of the Bible, the God of Christianity out, because that's what this is all about, is pushing this away and pushing Christian values and Christian worldviews out of the picture. Corporate America is being bullied by financial lead, uh, uh, lenders who, who control uh, capital loans needed for expansion and profit that... I think you probably know this, uh, unless a corporation agrees to follow the beliefs and the rules of the, uh, of the environmental, the social, and the governance standards of the, uh, you know, the World Economic Forum, unless they agree to that, they're not going to get a loan. They're not going to be able to expand their corporation. They're not going to be able to, to uh, continue business unless you follow our rules. There's three areas. You probably have heard of this. The ESG score, a business, if it wants money, if it wants to receive money from major lenders, they have to pass the ESG score, the environmental test, first of all, and it has a lot to do with climate. Do you believe in climate change? You believe in these things, and you you better if you don't believe in them, then you you, you know you get a mark against you. Uh, are you uh, are you uh, following the guidelines you know the, regarding climate change, uh, re renewable energy, and then there's also a social test. Do you follow the diversity rules, the ethnic supply chain rules, the racial social justice rules? Um, I know there's a lot of words there, but really, it's like. Businesses, corporations are being told what you have to do in order to get our money. They're being controlled from the outside. I think the most recent thing was Home Depot, who actually started retraining their employees about some sort of diversity, something to training sensitivity or something. They become what they call woke. Um, therefore, corporations have to pass their ESG scores and become woke if they want money. They must enforce the. They must enforce the gender rule distinction, the racial justice training, and loved ones. We we recognize that in America, the, and and the world, we have turned a corner since the beginning of the COVID pandemic. Things have changed. 
And the economic reset is, well, it's not a conspiracy theory at all. It is well out there. There's plenty of information on this. Uh, it is a reality. It's of a reset of the world's economy has been planned and is now in execution in hopes that only the elite, only the people with all the money, only the big shots will experience ownership and all of us peons around here will have to rent from them. All a plan for just very rich people to become richer and to control the masses and to move God further and further from society. Christian faith is a hindrance, is a hindrance to that agenda because all that is being promoted now is designed to bring chaos to our society, undermine the family, bring chaos to the well-being of children and teens. That's why all this gender stuff is being promoted and, and, uh, and also adults, uh, making them dependent on the partnership, you know, between the world economic uh, group and government where corporations and government or the world, the people with all the money, the, the companies with all the money, the financial lenders are partnering with the government to control people. Government wants to create an environment of our dependence upon it. That they don't mind if you're a drug addict and that we're giving you money. Because that means that we'll just keep you stupid. Christianity promotes one's individual God-given liberties, amen? Which are a huge roadblock to these elites who want control. Individual liberties must be sacrificed for the good of all, it says. Didn't you hear that a lot during the, during the pandemic? COVID mandates really promoted that mentality a lot. And people, they succumb to it. The masses succumb to it, a lot of them. But in light of the shrinking churches, in light of people, yes, even our children adopting philosophies that promote pagan values, open rebellion against God and the Bible, we realize that we need God's leading, don't we, to, to be used for his glory and to reach folks. It's not much similar, it's not much different, I should say, than what it was in the first century, really. You know, the first century Christians, they didn't have a whole lot going for them, did they? They didn't have a whole lot going for them. They were dependent upon God from, from step one. You know, to, to push, to promote a religion, a faith of a dead man rising from the dead, guy dying, uh, some man who was claimed to be the son of God and he, he died on a cross for our sins and then rose from the dead and is going to come back again. That was the gospel. Here they are preaching that, you know. They, didn't, they weren't all really intelligent. They didn't have degrees. They didn't have these, you know, they, I mean, they knew a lot, but they didn't have any kind of uh, big time, uh, you, know, uh, you know, degrees from any kind of schooling like that. They, they just were given the Holy Spirit and they preached and something happened in people's lives. I think we're back there again. We're, we're back there. We are, tell you, people don't have the same attitudes and worldviews about God and the church that we did even 20 years ago. What we see today from a clear and ongoing, uh, uh, and on purpose, I should say, leading is a, a way, for example, even from biblical uh, sexuality to, uh, to uh, pastoral confessions on Sunday of white privilege and social justice issues, just shouts all over the place, we're in a new ball game. Because a lot of the churches have been deceived as well, been sucked into this new age stuff and, and a, a new cultural mandate that is really anti-Bible. And we've been having churches, I should say pastors, debating 
pro-life ministers over the whole issue of when life begins in the womb. This is from Christian ministers who support abortion. How will we minister? I want you to be thinking here. How will we minister? Thus we've been praying, Lord, use us for your glory. We're, we're not able to do this in our own strength, just like the first century church wasn't able. These days remind us that, that uh, we just are absolutely dependent upon God. That we have to, that prayer reminds me when I pray it every day, sometimes I pray it several times a day, it reminds me that, Lord, I'm totally dependent upon you. And unless you help me to keep my spiritual eyes open and my ears, my ears clear, then I, um, I won't see what you're doing around me and I won't be able to be a part of it. I won't be able to help somebody who maybe you are working with that you're, you've been working on where I can, might be a blessing, might be able to help them further know God. Okay, we, we need the Holy Spirit again, don't we, folks? We need the Holy Spirit again. We need an outpouring of the Spirit upon our lives, upon our churches. We need God to come upon us and just change us and, and, and uh, fill us with, with fresh fire and enthusiasm. We talked about harvest points last week. And, um, and right now we are, you know, to just to keep us in tune with Jesus. Um, I've been praying, like I said, that, that the Lord would help me to be used for his glory. And what has happened in my life, and I'm just going to give you an opportunity to share just a little little bit of, but what's happened with me, um, it has kept my spirit so keen to what's happening around me in our culture. Um, when I go to the coffee shop, when I go to a restaurant, when I go to a business, when I'm talking to people here at church, when I'm talking to people out in public, it just has made me so sensitive that this might be a person, this might be somebody, an opportunity that God might be at work in their life. Lord, make me, use me for your glory if you want to today and I have really appreciated that so much we just uh, recently well just this week lost our brother-in-law to cancer we've been praying for him midweek uh, prayer service and uh, he was one of those that we had opportunity to to talk to 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 lay before you know him the gospel trying to make it plain to him trying to make it easy for him to understand of course the Lord has to help us here I wish I could say that I knew for sure that he said yes. I hope he did. But you know what? I know one thing for sure. I was a part of helping him to maybe say yes. You know? I felt, his, I felt the Lord's power. I felt, his, I felt his keen direction in my life and how to explain things to him. How did the Lord use you? Did the Lord say anything to you? I hope that you'll continue, uh, at least in some way, Making the Lord a part of your everyday. I mean, a connection where you're, you're depending upon him for a connection. Uh, Lord, I need your help. I need you to use me for your glory. Um, it just makes all the difference in your life. It does. As far as, because uh, I believe that God hears those prayers and, he, uh, and we, we know he does and that he will take us at our word. He will use us. He'll uh, work in our lives. And I think he still will. He's still, if nothing's happened in your life yet, don't worry. If you keep praying that prayer, it will. It will. Jesus, uh, he's our only hope. He's the only reason, Peter said, that, that you know, he's the only reason to, uh, um, to keep moving on in life because he's the one who has the words of eternal life. And so I hope that you'll continue to pray that prayer. Lord, use me. Use Mount Hope for your glory.
we got a lot against us, loved ones. It's worse than you know. It's worse than I know. I don't want to. I mean, it just is. But we have a God that's bigger than they know. We really do. I told Becky, I said, I believe there's, a, there's going to be a persecution spirit come. It's on its way here in our country. There are strong days coming against us. And we, and we of all people, need to be that like that early church. Say, Lord, we need you today. We, uh, we are dependent upon you today. We, we need your wisdom and we need your courage. Amen. Well, let's stand together. Thank you so much for your kind attention. We'll keep on plugging away. We'll keep, we're going to continue our talk about heaven and things uh, uh, next week. So uh, I hope you have a good Mother's Day. Father, as we leave today, we pray that you will just remind us that we're, uh, we're in foreign territory here and it's, uh, it's getting a little, it's getting more difficult. It's becoming more anti-God. It's not as friendly, Lord, in anywhere nearly as friendly as it used to be when it comes to the Lord. And so help us to, uh, uh, when people um, lash out at us, and Lord, uh, Lord, you know that we've been lashed out at just for standing for for godliness and standing for life help us to respond not in a in a defensive way or or offended way help us to respond in love but also in a strong reasonable um uh explanation of what you say in your word so we pray lord that you'll bless the families today bless the moms the ladies as they go and celebrate pray you'll keep us in your loving care in jesus name amen Lord bless you. Thank you for your kind attention.